Tuz Biber FM Hello, can I see your passports please? All right, welcome to the Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> <laughs> this is true Joe Rogan. This is the true yeah, so. Joe Rogan, in the sense that it's just a bunch of loser stoners in a room somewhere smoking yeah, weed. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, passport comedy podcast. Passport comedy podcast. Jan. The number one podcast on the internet, <laughs> as far as I'm aware. <laughs> number one podcast I listened so far because yeah. I have to listen the episodes. Uh, from the start. Uh, yeah, and even the then we have to hold you at gunpoint to make you do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, that's the podcast. Anyway, Passport Comedy Podcast. Uh, I'm Leon Sandler again for some reason. I'm here with my co-host. <laughs> Murat Gencholda. And we are here with... Uh, Jan Scott Foreman. But not only that, we've got Murat's brother. Hello, this is Mumin Gencholda. Now, Murat, you... On the on the schedule, you clearly <laughs> wrote Chris Rock. <laughs> you wrote Chris Rock. I failed to deliver once again. I, okay, has Louis C.K. answered any of the emails you sent him? Uh, some of them. Okay, but we, not about podcasts. Just with attachments, <laughs> yeah. no words. Okay, yes, he said yes. he just has something uh, he wants to show. Has uh, yeah. <laughs> Mohammed bin Salman got back to you about being on the pod? Uh, no, not okay, yet. but you got your brother. Uh, I am sending emails every day, man. That's trust the, me, that's trust the, me. Yeah, that's right. We're gonna get um. We're gonna get. I you got know. my brother. Yeah, we got your brother. Uh, we got some people that are gonna be released from prison soon. They might come here. Uh, <laughs> that's good. You know, they've been listening to the podcast because again, they're being forced to by their captors, and um, we, we respect that. And um, you know, we'll take the audience where we can get it. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, we're here with Jan Scott Foreman. Jan Scott Foreman. Let's. I don't know. Chat uh, with Jan a little bit. Exactly. Talk about com- comedy theory once again. Comedy maybe? theory once again. That's comedy right. theory one oh one. Nothing. Nothing funnier than talking about theory of comedy. <laughs> nothing funnier than talking about how funny we are. Yeah, but that's that, that's why I brought my brother to, today. Yeah, because your brother is changed the pace. Clearly not funny at all. Yeah, yeah. you're right. There's <laughs> nothing. All the funnier. comedy went to Murat, and then all. All the success went to his brother. Um, <laughs> all right, so he's the one laughing. Exactly. He, all still, the way to the see, bank. There's still like hope inside of his soul. You know, it's uh, it's different, different audience. All right. So yeah, Jan, what's yeah. kind of interesting about you though is that, y- as far as I know, you're the only foreigner in Turkey that does comedy in Turkish. And I'm so glad because there's probably a lot better people out there. If you learn <laughs> Turkish, we'd all be in trouble. Well, but. thank God I'm not doing that. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So, so what is that like? I mean, how did you decide to start practicing in Turkish and, and doing this in Turkish? And what's the reception been like to seeing a Yabanji from America? You, you, know, you know, we just finished the Istanbul Comedy Festival and two, three, I'm sorry. It was in um, 2018 and I went to a comedy festival and there was this guy, Jim Gaffigan. And I don't follow comedians. I, I, I don't watch comedy and listen to comedy other than, you know, Steve Martin and yeah. whatever everybody else has said. In the yeah, movie. Jim Gaffigan's pretty big. Jim I don't mean his huge. comedy. I mean like the guys. Like yeah, he, has, he, has, <laughs> he has lots of books about. He food. was in Istanbul. Yeah, he, he was, was in Istanbul. Two years wow. ago, he was here for the comedy festival. And wow. I didn't know anything about it. Didn't know anybody or anything. And so I went to this comedy thing, and I met this big guy named Taha. And Taha oh. said, "Oh, they do this open mic at this place called Bekam. Became I don't know Besiktas Kultur Merkezi. It's like the number one biggest comedy place at the time. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it, so I went into this open mic thing on Wednesday, and it's a Turkish thing. And um, I thought, open mic, you sign your name, like Murat runs here at uh, Tuesby Bear at Ilock, and you sign your name, and you get five minutes. Well, it wasn't like that." It was three professional comedians, one guy who was the first runner-up in Turkey's Got Talent, a guy from the Gulder Gulder, a popular comedy show, <laughs> somebody else from TV. Then there was a break, and yeah. then three more professional comics. And then a mafia guy behind them that was just standing there. Well, that would be the best comment, but I asked the guy. I waited to the end of the show, and then I saw this guy, Jem Ischelar, and Jem Ischelar was the host and a very professional, competent, MC for this comedy show and I walked up to him and I said excuse me uh, do you speak English and he said something back to me I don't know what he said but I said something back that made all the other comics around him laugh Mm. he said okay have your agent send me your tapes (laughs) I said agent tapes he said all right have your friend take a five-minute video with your iPhone so uh, 
I sent it to him, and he said, I'll give you five minutes between the professional comics. You, you were fully clothed for the video? I uh, was fully clothed, <laughs> okay. absolutely. That was another application. It was a different, you, yes. you get naked. But uh, he liked it. Back they gave me book. five minutes. They said, you know what? Come back next week. We'll give you five more minutes. And then the next week, we'll give you seven minutes. And then within a few weeks, I was like part of the cadre. Mm. And so I just kind of broke into comedy without having ever done it before. Uh, at like you know the top of the comedy scene in Istanbul at the time I don't think they're the top now I think the market's gotten much broader now because of people like you guys and the energy that you yeah spend. yeah we're the power players now we're the, we're the well, dealers you know we're the I'm, I, I make the calls you know first you yeah. get the money then you get the power then you get the women that's how it is in this right world. right right well so um, you're all you're, you know three strikes you're out yeah God. yeah that's right yeah that's right. So Still I mean, working for the first step, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, what the money part or the women part? The Either one would be fine. Yeah, the power. The power. <laughs> literally, when we talk about the power, I mean literally the electricity running into this building is all we have. Is that the power you've the got? The power we've yeah, got yeah, is just yeah. the power operating the soundboard. Um, <laughs> so Jen, you started doing that, and that was in Turkish that you did that open yeah, mic, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. And what's that been like? You know, because I mean, it's really interesting with all you guys. You're doing comedy in your second language. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was born speaking Russian, but it's kind of switched to my second language now. I English is my primary language, but I think like doing comedy in your second language is always a lot harder because it's harder to get that rhythm, it's harder to feel natural, it's harder to react and respond to stuff because your brain just has to do more work. It's more processing power. Sure, sure. And it's also a problem with the words. In fact, a lot of the times my translation from English into Turkish isn't funny. It's funny in English. It yeah. didn't work in Turkish and vice versa. Yeah. In fact, I've never seen it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once or twice. Yeah. You were in the bathroom that time. Yeah. I, got a I laugh, go to the bathroom right? a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, well okay. you have some localized jokes. I mean, some of your jokes uh, really... Uh, Turkish people respond to them because they know the Turkish meaning of the words you play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, specific audience who can speak English have the expert uh, story in their background, and also ca- they can also speak Turkish. Sure, some of them speak Turkish, but I'm telling the story about being a Yabanji, a foreigner coming into Turkey, yeah. and being confused, and everybody can relate to to being a, yeah. an outsider, being new. A lot of the people here in Istanbul aren't from Istanbul. They all came here for university or afterwards for jobs. I mean, it's or because the, of the Syrian civil war. Well, it could be, but you know, this is the big city. Uh, Russian right? Ukraine war. Yeah. Let's not like, forget you know, that. You got to go to the big city if you want to get something done, if you want to get a good job, etc. So there's a whole new generation of people in the city. And uh, they know what it's like, and they can appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. there's uh, definitely, like, younger generations, maybe, I think, because you're hitting, like, an audience that, I think your target audience speaks Turkish and English both, at least to some extent. You know, maybe not perfectly fluent in both, but, you know, Turks who speak English or foreigners who know a little Turkish, and... Yeah, I think young people especially have that kind of crossover. Yeah, yeah you know. absolutely. Despite the fact that I'm an English teacher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that's, you're, you're kind of crowdsourcing new students here. Absolutely. Like, Did you get this yeah. joke? If not, contact me. We can uh, work on it. Go. We'll get you to be... We'll get, yeah, yeah you gotta, you, you're going to... Like, your next poster, your next prof- yeah. promotional poster should be like, Jan Scott Foreman... Uh, B1 English required. There you, you know. There you <laughs> understand. Yeah, we'll have to test everybody. Before yeah, everybody yeah, takes an IELTS test. You can test. say, I am the best comedian out there, but uh, if you don't laugh, you didn't understand. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. Need you need to do more listening, listening practice. Okay? Yeah, exactly. Listen to me more. <laughs> yeah, you should. we're going to start a new English school that's just us doing stand-up all the time. You know. <laughs> there you go. That would be good. Why not? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's basically how I use dating apps now. That's what TB English comedy is all about now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trying to get people yeah. to understand enough English to understand some of our jokes. That yes. happened yesterday when we were performing. I think it was one one person who was on stage, and he was like, do, "Do you speak English?" And the guy was, "Yeah, yeah, I get everything. You know, I understand what you're saying." <laughs> which is a lot worse, I think, because what that yeah. means is he understood all the jokes, but just didn't find them funny at all. Yeah. It would be better yeah. if he just didn't understand, then you could get away with it. But no, he under he comprehended everything and was like, "This isn't funny. I know enough about English to know that this doesn't work as a joke. Yeah. That's uh, that's knowing too much, I think, for, for so. our comedians." Yeah, give a tip to our future audience yeah, we members. Wa- okay, we want you to know B1 English. Like, enough yeah. to understand and laugh under pressure, but not comprehend the jokes and see how shitty they are. But that's what we want. We want, like, smooth, a kind of smooth spot in the difficulty curve of how well you know English. <laughs> you know, that's good. 
So, Jan, I mean, how do you feel performing in Turkish, though? Because, yeah, that's that's like not your native language, right? You, how long have you been learning Turkish? Uh, well, I, I'm learning Turkish. I've how long just, have you spoken Turkish? I've been trying. I forget you're I'm older trying. than the sun. So I've, what been is... here for more than, <laughs> I've been here for more than 20 years. I started trying right away. I didn't hang out with the Ubanjis. I only hung out with Turkish people. I even married a Turkish woman who doesn't really speak English. Mm -hmm. So we had to oh. Despite the fact that she's an English teacher, she does not really speak. No, no, no. This, this was the first one. Oh, okay. The first one. Okay. Then, uh, I thought you meant your current wife. Sign language English teacher. You know, you try to figure out how to communicate and make it work, regardless of the grammar. Just end up pointing to your crotch a lot and be like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Dinner. Hey. This is exactly why we're at eight listeners, is because I say stuff like that. They like you a lot. They like you. Our eight listeners. Yeah. We're getting... Some, and it's not all hate mail. It's not all death threats. Some people like the podcast. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, that was you just kind of started spending time with Turks, committed yourself to learning Turkish. When did you get then, married? Like yeah. you moved to Turkey. How, how many years after that? Uh, I uh, four years after I moved here, I met my first wife, and I got married five six years after I had moved here. So I was having a great time for the first few years. Yeah. Until, until you got married, is that what you? <laughs> <laughs> then the fun, fun all ended, and then everything got squashed down, and somehow comedy started bubbling up because if I didn't laugh, I would cry. Yeah, exactly. You you hit a point. You hit a point of such suicidal despair in your own life that you're like, I, I should know. start doing stand-up comedy. So and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's like, motivation. you know, when you go on a website for the first time, they uh, make you tick in this checkbox, uh, prove that you're not a machine, <laughs> those <laughs> captures. Mm -hmm. It's like traumas are like that for stand-up comedians. Uh, prove that you're a stand-up comedian. Yeah. I have traumas. Have you ever seen I a guy who's like mentally normal and healthy try to do stand-up? It's boring. <laughs> yeah. It's boring. Yeah. I just, yeah, like, come on. <laughs> Where's all the jokes about shooters? Come on. What? Uh, <laughs> and suicide, let's Where's, not forget yeah, about that's my, yeah, suicide. it's the holidays. This so is I'm... our suicide prevention hotline, it's actually. Yeah, prevention is yeah. <laughs> Wrong word. It's more, you know, we're we're neutral. Delaying. We're not. Delays. We're not like. We're not. You know, whatever. I mean, hey. I mean, I'm I'm just a guy uh, with a voice. I can't make you not do it. That's, uh, <laughs> that's it. But at least not in the offices. So yeah, not not here. Extend I mean, your is, life a bit. This room is carpeted. It would be a pain to get the Suicide blood out. Suicide should stay at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's that's, uh, that's our motto here on the podcast. And uh, anyway, we're gonna have six listeners next week. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, so Jan, um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're doing a lot of these jokes about being a foreigner, being a Yabanji, you know, doing jokes about uh, Turkish and English, you know, the confusion of language. Do you find yourself <laughs> writing different sets for a primarily Turkish audience or when you perform in Turkish or is it kind of just the same set and you translate? It's Well, the thing is, I'm telling my story about coming to Turkey as somebody who's never been here before, doesn't know the language, doesn't know the culture, doesn't know anything about the country and, and learning how to experience things like Turkish coffee and not knowing that it's full of mud inside when you drink it mm. or uh, the food and things like that. So, mm -hmm. no, I didn't really know anything about Turkey. Converting to Islam. So I try to tell the story and I mix and match different parts of it depending on which kind of evening we're going to have. But uh, generally it's the same story and I try to add new things to it all the time. Mm. You try. Mm -hmm. How often do you succeed? Anyway. <laughs> you know, I was listening to one of your podcasts earlier, and one of the guys was talking about how he always tries to write some jokes before he goes on stage. And I always wondered, how do you sit down and write jokes? Do you say, okay, it's 10 o'clock, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to write some jokes. I, it doesn't, I don't know how yeah. people do that. I also don't do that. I, yeah. I just think of stuff as I walk around, and then I, pra I, I practice it in my head over and over and over. That's I think I the problem it. is that you're faced with all the reality, and you don't really have any anchor point for you to stay and try to make jokes out of. Uh, th that guy's advantage was doing a lot of corporate gigs mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he can come up with a joke about if if it's a tech company trying to find out something about tech people mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and indian people oh, oh that yeah indian people <laughs> being indian is like a comedy gold mine um so yeah you know i mean i think that's right like if you're doing a, a set you know at a tech company for a tech audience then you can write jokes about tech that makes sense yeah. you know so we need to get sponsored by akbank or the people that make the bayraktar <laughs> drone 
Mm-hmm. Or at least these microphones. These we don't microphones. Really ask much. Yeah. Let's. Uh, whoever makes this, I. I feel like. Yeah. I'm a big fan of this microphone. Um, whatever the brand of this microphone. But yeah, I think that put puts some some sort of pressure and yeah. limits you for you to find yourself better. Yeah. Exactly. If you know you're going to be going to like a wedding, you're going to make jokes about the couple and so on, and you yeah, know that that's well, you can write about that. You know. But generally, I like what you do. I do what you do as I'm walking down the street and I think it's something funny. I have my memo on my phone. Yeah, and I, and I just make a note. Right. And later, I go look at it and go, yeah. "What the hell was I thinking?" I'm just composing a very, <laughs> my, my, it's just a very long suicide note that keeps getting, uh, you know, sidetracked by all the jokes I write. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, so yeah, you, you don't, you don't find yourself writing a lot, and you don't find yourself switching material for different audiences. Um, no, a lot of times I come up with things in English, but I don't know how to do it in Turkish. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times somebody tells me that, well, it's funny in English, but it's not really that funny in Turkish. It mm-hmm. doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying to vow. But first, first, I just write it down as, uh, oh, that's something that's worth being oh, looked at. Not the joke, but like the, the seed, the kind of idea, the basic yeah, idea. Sure, you joke. know, it could be traffic or how people drive in the country. Your and bitch of an know, ex-wife. Topic, how people drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, for yeah. sure. Have you ever had anything that maybe didn't, it just, it's not that it didn't land, but that it was actually kind of like um, you know, offensive to the crowd or something where people, you know... Um, no, not offensive. Mostly, uh, sometimes people are a little surprised by some of the things that come up. Jen is clean. Jen is clean. Cultural. Yeah. I mean, and not from drugs, but I mean, his comedy is very clean. <laughs> yeah, generally, I, I, you know, I mean, I don't like to cross that line. I, but, but yeah. uh, sometimes it doesn't work just because I'm saying it wrong. I or or you know, I can't a, translate. But, but I think people might like that. You know, do, do you find that that kind of gives you an added flavor that, like, you, you know, you're Turkish. From what I hear you saying, it's not like perfectly fluent. No, you get not stuck at all. sometimes. You, sure. but I think that might add to it because you know people are seeing this you know guy doing this bit in Turkish. Sure, and, and I think uh, a lot of people. You were right. A lot of people do know some kind of English, and mm-hmm. if they have to try to do English, they know exactly what I'm going yeah. through, and and they they have some sympathy for me. They give me some latitude to yeah. make some mistakes, and sometimes the mistakes are funnier than the actual joke that I intended. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, well, another funny thing about you, Jen, is that you became, I think, TikTok famous a few months ago. <laughs> I don't, you know, I didn't do it. Somebody here, I think, at Tuesby Bear posted something that I did about a joke, and it got like millions of views. Mm. And, uh, people it's walk great. up to me on the yeah. street all the time. I'm walking my dog last night at midnight, and a guy in a parking lot says, "Oh, you're still doing comedy?" That's oh, great. Yeah. That's, that's, great. Great. that's, that's exactly <laughs> what I want is just to be stopped by strangers at midnight in parking lots. Like, you're great. You're amazing. Get in my car. You know, um, <laughs> I'm telling you. It's funny though yeah yeah uh, but it's been a while right it's like one and a half years ago yeah maybe maybe two years ago oh, we got to get you ago? another we got to get yeah. you doing a little dance or something on tiktok you know well yeah. i don't know i uh you know that's pretty good people know me that's, so i'd like to see it. what did it feel like to suddenly be followed by millions of 14 year olds yeah it was really strange <laughs> and, uh, i'm walking down the street with my mother and people are walking by and they say ah and they say the punchline to my joke and my mother would ask what did they say and i said never mind <laughs> yeah so it's kind of cool but you know the hell with the fame how about the credit? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's not it's not easy being famous. You know, yeah. somebody who runs the most successful Tough podcast. Job. Everybody asks me back home in America. They say, "Have you monetized this?" Yeah, and I'm like, "Could yeah, you?" I got free coffee. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> free coffee. Probably like a better investment than actual money here. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I see you're drinking Starbucks. Actual I need cash money. Yeah, this Starbucks. is out of this is not this is unique coffee, and it says you are unique, but all the cups are exactly like this. <laughs> um, and so, um, yeah. I want to introduce my brother. Yes. Because, uh, you know, we always say this is a Passport Comedy Podcast. This is where we interview comedians and creators mm. from all around the world. Mm. And we never had a creator. We always had comedians yeah. and talked about stand-up theory all yeah. the time. Let's talk, about, let's talk to someone who actually <laughs> does something good for the world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. I, I, so, actually, if I may, I'm, I'm curious to ask him. You're wearing a Rutgers uh, uh, cap. Yes. I mean, you you know that he's a collegiate football player. I remember from the last time that we met, you, yeah, you mentioned. Yeah, we talked about America. Uh, I mean, this is oh, unbelievably cool. I don't know if you know how cool that is. That that uh, is very cool. 
You were a tight end? Yeah, I was a tight end, wide yes. receiver. Yes. Yeah. Tight, tight end, wide receiver. I'm sorry. Could you... Yeah, yeah. I, used be, <laughs> I used to be a tight end. I, I finished as a wide receiver. That is fantastic. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't really prison. know sports we're terms. I'm, uh, I'm more of a Pornhub guy. Uh, <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh... it's all right. So uh, my brother is uh, the creator of pharmaceutical industry policies or something like that. <laughs> something <laughs> He's like kind that. of a creator, all right? <laughs> yeah. Pharmaceutical, I am, okay. So I am you... stretching the meaning of creator <laughs> yeah. here. Minu, but... could you introduce yourself to all of our, you know, yeah, listeners, our yeah, many, many listeners? hear about you first. Um, and yeah. We can maybe talk about NFL, just to change yeah. the pace. Jay, I like yeah. to talk about pharmaceuticals. Yeah, pharmaceuticals. <laughs> wow, everybody I'm, wants uh, something else. My policy on pharmaceuticals is that I just take as many as I can. Um, <laughs> Good approach. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Mimin. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm Murat's brother. That's my only qualification to be here, I think. It's the most and, famous person we've had on the pod. And uh, <laughs> I work as a global health advocate, as I think is the title of the job. I work in, in, in regulatory affairs, trying to make global policies where you can um, ensure that there is harmonization between countries mm. and you have easier access to medicines. So that's that hasn't been working, right? Yeah. Well, it is working. It is working. It is working. Well, I mean, uh, so Slowly though, we, we can think about like, for example, with the COVID vaccine. Okay. You know, that was that was kind of an example where... That's a great example. I would yeah. like to hear your argument. My ar- I don't have an argument. You're, you're, the, you're doing it. It doesn't I just, have any I don't have an, an, argument. an argument. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean? It's not my... It's your job. You have the argument. I, I just, have the argument. What, what were you going to say? I mean, sorry, I mean I it's words. like when you think about like the vaccine, uh, it could have been made, uh, you know, patentless, right? Um, the mRNA vaccine could have like been freely distributed. The, the the intellectual property for that vaccine could have been freely distributed, but it, it wasn't. Yeah, I'm not blaming you for that. No, I'm no, just no. saying like it's you know it's when I when I talk to people who are working, for example, on UN initiatives, right? Mm-hmm. I admire the work they do, but there's always as a comedian, there's always a deeply cynical part of me that's like, come on, fuck you, get out of here, come on. You don't really. Work. Oh, we're we're <laughs> we're working on reversing climate change. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they, they they are they are. I yeah. mean, efficiency is a different question. Right, how course. well it's going is its own thing. That's, I don't that's doubt a, that they're that's trying. That's a whole yeah different yeah. discussion. But it's it's kind of like a marathon at the end of the day. When yeah. when, you, when you're talking about COVID vaccines, yeah. for example, I think one thing that I find quite promising is that you know you have vaccines in less than a year yeah, in a way absolutely which is an unbelievable that's achievement amazing. for all right, that, that, that's definitely good absolutely the, the question is like how do you get them into countries that don't have the capacity to pay for the vaccine absolutely. that's the tough part yeah, that's yeah. the tough part how do you so how do you I mean as since you're the global health policy advocate how do you kind of <laughs> you know what kind of honeypot do you make for the rich countries to get them like you know, I think one of like the you, key you aspects send your, is that you, you can send your UN uh, service people here, and they can commit all the sex crimes they want. Just give the vaccine. <laughs> Do they commit sex crimes? The UN? Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, not all. The, I just mean like in. Just a okay, few. This is getting a lot less funny by the second. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, there's uh, you know what was it? I think it was in Congo, right? That a bunch of UN peacekeepers were found to be yeah. doing that. I'm, yeah. I'm not against. Again, this is just me. The, the part of me that's just whenever I talk to somebody that's doing global policy. The part of me that's just deeply cynical, but yeah, no, that's that's an interesting, yeah. I think, aspect yeah. indeed. I mean, I don't. What do you what do you think about it in general? Because it is, I think, comes to a fundamental difference between if you believe mm-hmm. in a global cooperation right. or if you would prefer a more local manufacturing or everything that being local. Right, right, right. So and it and really comes I mean, to that question at the present time. Like local manufacturing is not really you know, a possibility. Right. Like, I mean, the way that supply chains are set up, the way that production is set up, like global supply chains are, are a necessity at this point. Um, and that's and that's fine. My my point is just like every time I think about international cooperation, I think it's it's, it's kind of like what Gandhi said about Western civilization. He's like, I, th- I think it would be a very good idea. You know, <laughs> um, you know yes. it's uh, it's like yeah, exactly. I think international cooperation, it's, it's sort of like the. Um, the the bubbles that appear on a wave, right? It's like an epiphenomenon. It's it's on the very top. There's some cooperation, but underneath that global structure of price incentives, that global market is That's still true. functioning. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. your job is hard because you have to find a middle ground. This is an this is a international relations podcast. Now we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome it's to, to pretty accurate. It's pretty global, accurate. Welcome to the global foreign policy hour with Jan uh, <laughs> Scott Foreman and yeah. uh, Murat Gensholo. We have I'm a new segment now. We're going to talk. Yeah, we're about talking about global global foreign policies. policies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, every I we were talking about drugs. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. How do we get? How do we get more drugs to people in poor countries to maybe cheer them up a little bit? Yeah, that's kind of 
you're what talking, we're talking about, about the global pharmaceuticals. <laughs> right. Shoot them up. Yes. You're talking about compliance this issues, what, regulatory so, affairs. Yeah, you're actually, this is what happens when you mix the comedy podcast with the real thing podcast. <laughs> is that, <laughs> so, so what would you say, Manu? What's the, what's the, like, how do you advocate for countries to, you know, give up their intellectual property rights to make things available? How do you advocate for countries to, you know, allow uh, their products to be manufactured or sold in or shipped to countries where there's less profit to be made, you know, because you're working against that profit incentive in many ways, right? Or, or are you kind of advocating, I think, I think how one, do you do it? What I think do do? one needs to work for system to work and improve itself. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, if you choose, I think, a strong side, it doesn't really mm -hmm. work, the, the solution that you would find. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, can you imagine a world where there are no incentives? Right. Right. Can you imagine a world where... Yeah, I live in a world... Yeah, where, yeah, yeah. The comedy world has no incentives. That's, that's exactly true. I mean, the world I, I, I was in. quite careful to say that yeah, because yeah, the comedy world that. is... Exactly. I'm, I'm in that world. Yes, yeah, yes, that's yes. Uh, called the Tuesby Bear Podcast <laughs> Studio. And <laughs> <laughs> the incentives are... The where there's no incentives. Yeah. yeah. So I've been doing comedy here for how many years? But I suppose there are future incentives that yeah. one like imagines. Maybe I could get laid. Well, that's something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's it's about really finding a balance where where mm -hmm. everyone needs to make compromises, and then I think discussion is about, as you said, as Gandhi said, apparently, which I don't know, but you know, international cooperation would be good. Yeah, that's we so, got to start with that premise. Exactly. Then and get, everyone get, get the audience to buy into that I premise. Think, I think then we, you know, thinks that. Then we deliver the punchline, which is getting yeah. uh, you know vaccines to people in Africa. Everyone <laughs> thinks that I think that international cooperation is good, yeah. but then. Down the line, as you said, on the big things you agree, but the small things right. in the compromises, everything right. gets lost in the, I think, bureaucratic chaos. Yeah, well, exactly. Part, I mean, part of it is is the bureaucracy and just the logistics. Yeah, and you the know what? Uh, like yeah. seventy percent of his job, because uh, I witnessed <laughs> he, him him yeah, working. You witnessed your brother having yeah, a real job. He, he talks like he's uh, doing a cool job, but yeah. seventy percent of it was uh, just micromanaging words on uh, policies they want to go to UM yeah. with. That is it. That is the instead of em, instead of <laughs> yeah. using the word emphasize, can we use the word strongly suggest? You know, that's <laughs> like you're doing you're doing control finding control F in a document and yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose I suppose sometimes that's, that's sometimes. awesome yeah yeah that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is not the only part. He's creating a lot of doodles as well. <laughs> oh, you just like you're just like <laughs> like another aspect. I'm a, I'm a doodle you know? enthusiast. You just. You're just drawing stuff in the yeah. policy paper. I'm sorry. <laughs> like there's Quite a, there's frequently. A cool rocket I drew. I guess policy papers are the initiation yeah, for the doodle. Yeah, policy paper is kind of just like a doodle for, you know, oh, heads doodle. of state. Oh, doodle. I thought you said doo-doo. Doo-doo. Yeah, I mean, that's also well, kind of what the policy papers are. Our policy papers yeah, are just Exactly. Doo -doo. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can use it to wipe your ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I don't mean... I'm, I don't mean... I'm, I'm, yeah. Again, I'm a deeply cynical and bitter human being, so that's why I do it's comedy. Right. It's um, all right. But I think we need a whole <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like... I, I agree. I, I think, like, you know, yeah, uh, I, I believe absolutely in international cooperation. I mean, now more than ever, it's absolutely necessary, right? Yeah. But again, there are always going to be conflicting interests, and many of them work against... I mean, we'll cooperate up to a point. We'll cooperate up to the point of giving, like, free intellectual property. We'll cooperate up to a point of, like, building the infrastructure of, um, you know... B building health infrastructure in this country and making it more yeah. independent. You know, everyone's prepared to cooperate up to a point, and I guess your job is to figure out where that point is and to expend it, extend it further. Yeah, I, I think yeah, the job would be exactly as you said to find them to find the middle ground. Yeah, that between between th what? that both parties are not extremely happy about mm -hmm. it, but. Yeah. It somehow still works. It's also works. what we're doing as comics is we're finding a point where no one's extremely happy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you about that. Was yeah. Now you're Murat's older brother. Yes, I am. Okay, so Mur has Murat always been the funny guy in the family? He no. has been. Has he been? He really? has been. Yes. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Absolutely. <laughs> Without a doubt. They have Without a hard time doubt. believing yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Not only not only funny, but I think also wanted to be funny too, yeah. which which is also an important aspect. Uh -huh, I think uh -huh. of being a comedian at least. Yeah. Being funny is a big part that. of being a medium not for many of yeah. them yes. um, but, but also wanting to be funny that that you want people to think that you are funny I that's think great i want to be rich yeah well then you should, uh, okay. you should get into pharmaceuticals <laughs> uh, it's not a comedy well actually if you think about it they're both in pharmaceuticals just yeah. from different yeah. sides yeah, exactly. one's the supplier and one's the yeah, user exactly. <laughs> it's a nice combination yeah keep it all in the family well, you do negotiate yeah. a lot of words i'm gonna need well. several kilograms of cold medicine um, <laughs> yeah
On top of all this, I think yeah. uh, the biggest identifier of Mimun is uh, he's a big uh, NFL enthusiast. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah. Back to Rutgers. Yeah, there's, there's uh, Eagles. Is that, they used to call it the No Fun League, yeah. NFL. I'm the sorry, no is fun that right? League. I don't know anything. I just know there's two types of football. There's football and there's American football, and American football is the one that gives you brain damage. That's right. That's <laughs> I mean, right. I, I, football or soccer, as, as they yeah. say in Europe, that gives yeah. you brain damage as well. I mean, concussion, I think, yeah. is a, is a part it's of so, no, professional. Sports in no, general. Like, with soccer, it's just so slow that you end up hitting your head against the <laughs> wall to make it, you know, more interesting. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's an interesting game. I mean, do you have any jokes for, for football? Oh. I mean, as, as a football player yourself? Because in the US, it's quite, a, it's quite a common thing that you have these very niche market, very successful stand-up comedians that joke about American football. I do and, not know really? any of them, really? Well, yeah, they, they are invited to... I mean, NFL, the National Football mm -hmm. League, mm -hmm. is becoming slowly a, um, in my opinion, almost a religion in yeah. US and oh, I think yeah. Absolutely. the rest of Europe no, as well. It's, it's a very interesting... Football teams are definitely what we have instead of like churches. Yeah, in a way, in a way. And I think US is doing a... Um... Well, we actually sacrifice people. <laughs> yeah, no, we, yeah, it's all, we're doing the human sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, you know? pretty much, exactly. Yeah. Well, right. on the line. See, I think there's something different about, about Turkey because in Turkey, football, soccer, is yeah. by far the number one sport. Yeah. And then way down the list would be basketball and yeah. volleyball. In yeah. America, in every major city, you've got football and baseball and basketball and hockey. You've got That's four true. big sports. Yeah. And true. so uh, we go by season, season. So our religion yeah. might Which be Which is football. also pretty. No, we've got in a, a we've, that's, I mean, we're keeping the whole country pretty stupid by just giving them a new sport every once sure, in a while. Sure, it's yeah. the yeah. Coliseum. Just give them a little break. Exactly. It's fantastic, It's one really. big Coliseum. Yeah, exactly. I mean, keep the masses yes, happy. Yes, yes, exactly. yes, yes. If you're really desperate, you can look at the women's leagues and... <laughs> But uh, there's a whole the infrastructure. Kids play Pop Warner football. I mean, we yeah. start playing football when we're like seven or eight years old. Yeah. And yeah. We work our way up. So uh, it's, it, there, there's, there's, there's millions of people that play the game. I mean, That's I'm, why soccer's getting popular in America because it's not so violent. You know, moms, soccer moms, they don't want their kids coming yeah. home all beat up. Yeah. I've got broken if stuff. Your kid's going to damage his imagine. brain. He needs to do it by taking drugs. Sure, sure. But I heard soccer moms uh, out of context. Oh, you heard soccer moms? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Part yeah. Got yeah. Now. It the mom's part, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, load the kids My in the van. My special awareness yeah. was alerted with that. Soccer yeah. moms? Soccer moms. Yeah. But after this, I'd like to find out some comedians that do stuff yeah, about absolutely. football. Because I've never, ever seen any really? before. How and why did you get into American football? Yeah. I don't know. I think I, I watched a clip and there was this, uh, as you say, this sacrificing someone's body. I think it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. was um, I think it was Antonio Brown, this ah. very famous wide receiver, uh -huh. the person who catches the ball after the ball is thrown. Mm -hmm. And there was this fear in this person's eyes where you can see they really do put their bodies on the line. Yeah, 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 and probably. this sport is loved by a nation. Yeah. In that's what, what, so that's in Christmas, what for makes example. It good. I mean, like, what are you? Uh, we're gonna play like soccer. I mean, we're gonna kick a ball back and forth. Nonsense. Yeah. You know, that's why I only watch boxing. It's all brain damage. None of this bullshit <laughs> about points or you know ball whatever. Yeah. yeah. Just well, punch the other guy in the face <laughs> yeah. and that's it. Take the ball. Yeah. Get the middleman out of. Just the nonsense. Why do I have to know what a wide violence. receiver is? Just punch the guy till he's on the floor. <laughs> you know? But I think that there's some poetic beauty in it where you have individually designed play. So it's not really mm -hmm. like football, as you said, it's mm -hmm. the, the game is somewhat stops in each play. Mm -hmm. So you have this very intricate mechanism as a football player. I think you can explain it to us a bit better, but where you have this mindset where the game starts almost from the beginning mm -hmm. in every play, right? Every where you play. have this 40 seconds of intense kind of tension mm -hmm. that is waiting for you. Both teams are prepared, mm -hmm. they made their plans, and they do this over and over and over again. Mm -hmm, it's kind mm -hmm. of a microcosm that happens within the game sure, repetitively. Sure, everybody makes plans. Exactly. Armies make plans, you know. Yeah. It's like mm -hmm. the Russians are on the field right now. <laughs> yes, and they're, yes, yes. they're trying for, uh, you know, a, a handoff up yeah. the middle, and it's not going to work sometimes. Yeah. As, as Mike Tyson said, everybody's, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth, right? Everybody's yeah. got a plan. <laughs> exactly, you know? pretty much. So it's... it's yeah. uh, no. I, 
No yeah, plans survive enemy contact. Exactly. Right, yeah. right. But, you know, they put their bodies on the line, but we, watchers, we just put our asses on the couch. That's oh, yeah, right. No, the watchers are also right. killing themselves, but it's just by, like, eating a lot of hot dogs and shit. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Like, yeah, everybody, it's a... It's a, it's it's a, a very re intricate It's system. America's religion, but it appropriately, it's kind of a death cult, so... Yeah, that's good. It's, but, it's really quite something. But that's yeah. why that's why professional athletes are paid so much. Because yeah, like by the time you're like thirty two, thirty three, whatever, you're kind of on your way out, right? Like, what's the, the kind of max age at which like your body is just like you know, not doing line anymore? linemen, the big guys that yeah. stand at the front of that and smash each other. You know, their average career length is four yeah, seasons. Four seasons. They've got four years to make their money, and they're yeah. the lowest paid guys, not yeah. the superstars like Tom Brady, who's yeah. something in his mid forties. Yeah. Tom Brady still. is just like a genetic freak that he can keep doing this. 45 years old. Yeah. Unbelievable. No, yeah. you know, it's, it's not It's a lot easier to win, though, when your team constantly cheats, I found. That's the thing. Yeah, that's that's always that the perception you, about... It takes a lot of the pressure off the body. Why, why is that? Your why team is just that? automatically wins because you deflate the ball or whatever. I'm a huge Tom Brady that's, fan, uh, I have to admit. I don't that's know. That's strategy. Strategy is not like, you know, how are we going to move around? Strategy is just like, how are we going to deflate the ball? Right, or how yeah, are we going to steal I've heard this argument quite long. This that doesn't make sense to me, uh, to be perfectly honest. What's kind of ironic, though, is Tom Brady is so successful because he's such a healthy guy, and he's playing to an audience of fat slobs who sit there drinking beer. All the TV commercials yeah. are We're like wearing the Brady, food, They're wearing beer. the Brady jersey on the backs. So, yeah. yeah, and, and yeah. four-by-four trucks to carry these 300-pound guys. Yeah. But the guy that they're watching, mm -hmm. he's a vegetarian, and he stretches, and he's into yoga, and that's yeah. why at 45 years old, he's still a professional athlete. Yeah. So, anyway, so, there's something about it that, you know, in each game, when you have a Sunday night game, it is organized that there is a flyby, mm -hmm. that there is an air force right. exactly at the kickoff. Yeah, yeah, that's part of I the mean, American religion is the flag isn't that and the unbelievable? Yeah. Like, there's a whole <laughs> coordination uh, yeah, where yeah. you have these jet fighters, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the latest yeah. technology that humanity produced yeah. that can go to space And it's almost, just for killing people. And yeah. just flybys exactly when it's kicked right. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is unbelievable yeah. to me. No, it's it's uh, like, if it's, that's how you know that this is America's favorite pastime because the yeah. it incorporates the military into it. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, you know, what are people gonna like? Well, if we show the display of military dominance and then we make them salute the flag and then, you know, the rest yeah, of it. it's like they're reminding people, don't forget what's this all yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's all just, about yeah, violence yeah, and military we're propaganda. Gonna have, we're going to have a football league in Mosul one day, I swear, you know. But I don't know, there's a part of it that I like. I think it's kind of a, it embraces its own identity. It yeah. doesn't lie about yeah, no, it's like, the brutality it's of the, yeah, uh, and the messaging. There was one guy, Colin Kaepernick, who tried, like, to, make, right. you know, who tried to, like, you know, bring awareness to police brutality against black people That's by right. taking that's a right. knee, by <laughs> kneeling. They're like, Get the fuck out of Colin, here. That's not what this is about. Colin who? I mean, that's yeah, our exactly. two-bun discussion in a way. You know, yeah. I mean, in U.S., there was this whole thing. If you're going to kneel yeah. or if you're not going to kneel during yeah. the yeah. anthem and then... Yeah. Even the presidents dive into it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because yeah, yeah. that's that's what we is like. Are, you yes, know, this, yes, it was one of the main policy. Yeah. I think for the primaries uh, for we've, Trump. We've I remember. Given up trying to get health care to the American people. Now we're just arguing about like, are you going to take a knee during the thing or not? Yeah. 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 And I, I love that. You know, we, we, did did the Redskins change their? They're the Washington Chiefs, right? They uh, did. No, they, no, they are okay. Washington the Commanders. 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 Okay. <laughs> and that's, I think what fascinates that, me is that there must be hundreds of millions of dollars that yeah. someone designed this brand. Yeah. Yeah, so change. then why did they come up with an interim name? Their first thought, well, we'll call it the Washington Football Club. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, it was a, Washington a, Football that's Club. That's football that's club. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's like the... It's a bitch uh, move, you know. Uh, yeah. WFC, yeah. WTF. What, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, no, it's the Commanders. Commanders. Okay. Now, I wonder if Kansas City Chiefs are going to be next, because now it's all about public awareness about yeah, the American I, Native Indians. I feel like Redskins we, was a different level. Well, I think they are. Yeah. 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 The, the Redskins. Cleveland Indians are gone, and what was the name of their? What was the name of the Wahoo? Was the name of their fucking mascot? What was it? Yeah, oh. yeah, that was Redskins. Was intense. Was like, I yeah. mean, Chiefs. I think is Chiefs is a little also better. Successful also, it's as a little team. better. Yeah, yeah. It's also, very the, successful yeah, the team, as team can. As well. If you're gonna be the Redskins, you gotta fucking. Kill. You have to win that Super Bowl every you three years. Scalp I mean, scalp your enemies on that field. <laughs> That's right. The only scalpers you see are outside of RFK Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if uh, you make a nation upset by calling them Redskins, at least give them some success, right? Yeah, exactly. You have to. Exactly. exactly. I don't yeah, want to be no part of out. a. I don't want to be associated with a racist football team that's losing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Would that make it better? Would it, do you think to win? What? Yeah. If they were a successful team yeah. all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like, suppose. Oh, the Redskins, I mean, the name's kind of fucked up, but you can't argue with the results. <laughs> yeah, you know? that is not I racism. Say, there's probably like a, some sort of scale where the more successful you are, the more racist you can get with it. Like I suppose they, it must be. If they were be. totally undefeated, be. they could come out in like feather headdresses and like with hatchets and people would be like, well, I don't know if that's really a good look, yeah. but I mean, damn, you know. I, I appreciate you actually mentioned the Chiefs because they have Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback, mm-hmm. which they are extremely yeah. successful now. Right. So if it was drafted by Redskins, it could have been a different story. Right. So we've, wow. done, we've done the yeah. comedy, we've done the Passport Comedy Podcast, we've done internet. National Relations Hour. And now this is the NFL Zone. Uh, right. Red Zone on Saturday. Zone. I recommend Saturday everyone. Game I think zone. it's going to be this Saturday right. as well and Sunday too. Yeah, it's kind of funny because football Brought to you and by pharmaceuticals just go now. together. They do a bit. Football and pharmaceuticals go I mean, together. They are organized. Yeah. They are an association as well. Yeah. I mean, my job, I find it a bit similar to NFL yeah. where National Football League is nothing but an association that answers... America is a very big country to international members in a way. Mm-hmm. They all have different agendas. They all have different goals. Right. Mm-hmm. And the pharmaceutical industry is a bit similar too. So right. one needs to be able to... Like it's, it's, a, it's a giant scam. No, it, it's... <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one needs to be able to kind of like uh, coordinate the comp- competition between different players, right? Yeah, different exactly. teams. You need to. Exactly. Yeah, that's... Um... Well, success being the ultimate absolver, I think uh, there is another example. Not racism only. Sexism is also quite common in the footballers. Uh, I heard that one player was really talented and they just... uh, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. They (laughs) turn a blind eye to his... uh, Allegations of sexual assault. Who is the yeah. sexual sexual assault? So, like a, that's like a everyday pastime. Who's the? It does. Aaron, 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 who was Aaron Hernandez that was like committed a murder? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. That happens too. Yeah, it's a huge history. Sorry, I don't know of, if is it Aaron Hernandez. Did I get that? Aaron, right? oh. I think it's Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, okay. uh, he was a tight end as well. <laughs> they were drafted together with Gronkowski. Yeah, and they were becoming an unbelievably super successful duo. In the rise of Tom Brady, in, I think in the early championships, New and Patriots. he killed someone. No, yeah, yeah, not yeah. even on the field by hitting, yeah. but like outside of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to kill him on the field, but yeah, you're not yeah, allowed yeah, to kill him off the slowly. Yeah, yeah, facilitated death. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, and like people were like, well, you know, he had a good career. You know, yeah, we should let him play a couple more seasons. He's not, he's not kneeling or anything. Three games though. No, Deshaun was suspended for eight games. Eight games. So he just, no, I don't know. He I just started. 11 games, I think it was. Now he started, uh, he I think, the week back before. And he didn't exactly. do very well, but yeah. So the thing is that I think this guy went to, when he was in Texas, at least the reports say allegedly, he went to, <laughs> I think, 60 plus massages. Mm. And he was constantly changing his massage person. Mm-hmm. And all of them are now kind of filing lawsuits yeah. against him because he kind of harassed them. And it mm-hmm. became a huge scandal where within the association, NFL, yeah. I think female reporters as well were kind of uh, becoming quite uh, open about it. And then everyone wondered what the NFL would give as a uh, uh, um, uh, punishment. And it was 11 games. So now he's back. And I wonder if he wins the <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl, I'm, as you said. Yeah. So it's kind of a strange... Can you get, how, how successful do you have to be to commit which crime? we got to yeah. get the levels exactly. right, you know, it's like... Football scholarship in sentence. Yeah, 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 <laughs> basically, yeah, that's kind, that's kind of it. You, like, you get a football scholarship to commit crimes, yeah. depending on how successful you are, you know? I mean, when yeah. we're talking about, you know, the, the, the access to drugs, for example, yes. which is a lot of the time monetary issue. Mm-hmm. What I think surprises me is that when we have these discussions is that you have someone like... You know, Deshaun Watson, he may do or he may not do anything, and we, we, you can't be, really know what happened. But this person gets, I think, per year $50 million of guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. So this is how much we care about a certain sport mm-hmm. that is okay if you are that good. Right. It's kind of a public acceptance of the situation, which I find quite peculiar. Yeah. So if you want to have access to drugs in Africa, wait for infrastructure to build mm. or... Do or football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly. We, we gotta we gotta do like a World Cup, but for the global South and the winning team. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like, you're playing for a new hospital. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is not bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Winner gets a new hospital. Let's go, boys. Right, you know. Yeah. Get those life-saving malaria drugs you need. Then would it be okay if Deshaun Watson played? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, well, there's got maybe maybe like there'll be enough of these scandals that those guys will just form their own league, you know? Yeah. 
the best. Yeah, but is it so? That means the more successful you are, the more you're able to get away with, you know, yeah. doing yeah. things. Yeah, the then, public. Then what is about Bill Cosby or you know all of the, the all of the stuff that's happening the past few years about? Yeah, yeah it's it's a sliding scale though. You I know, mean, you got to be. Yeah. yeah. But, but but still, though, you're I mean, president of the country. You're allowed to grab women in the crotch. I mean, it's okay. Yeah. I'm president, it's okay. I mean, yeah, I'm Deshaun Watson. It's okay. We're not condoning any of this. We're just commenting on the fact that it happens. Yeah. 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 It's weird. It's weird. I'd like to get to that level. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to test those boundaries. Follow Chad Scott Foreman on TikTok, folks. He's going to get to that level. <laughs> yeah, he's, with my TikTok. He's having followers. all this uh, four season Bill Cosby arc <laughs> going <laughs> on for him. That's right. You got four seasons to, to get to Bill Cosby's stand. <laughs> yeah, but ad hominem logic. You know, yeah. the guy says something wrong. Does that mean he is wrong? Just because I ask people about Bill Cosby and they don't even want to hear about him anymore. Just because the guy screwed up doesn't mean that his stuff wasn't funny, right? Yes. Sean Jackson used to be <laughs> just an okay yeah. quarterback for the Houston Texans. Aaron Hernandez is really good at playing football and murdering people. Both of those things can be true. If 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 Deshaun Jackson was as good as Tom Brady, would they have forgiven him for this type of stuff? Would they have suspended Tom Brady for 11 games if he had done the same kind of I, things? I, I think what you got to realize though is that like the NFL is a business at the end of the day it and is. so they have that they have that business incentive and they're not going to really punish star players if those players well, are bringing you people know, it's bringing like, in viewers bringing it's in like what he was talking about the pharmaceutical yeah. sector. He's trying think, to coordinate a bunch of different companies mm -hmm. that are actually different countries and licensed and have different agreements right. with different countries and they've right. got that intellectual You're property and they're subsidized to by their governments and in exchange for that patent, we will work on this and distribute it in Africa right. for free because we're going to give you some money to take care of that for you. So it's all individual owners of football clubs yeah. trying to work together in the yeah. football association. And, and every, individual so often, every so often there's a flyover yeah. of jets that happens. And <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and that's the United States government <laughs> that's doing that, sure, but, because there's yeah. a... My two cents to your question, you said if Tom Brady did the same thing, would he get suspended for 11 games? I think if Tom Brady did the same thing, it would never go out in public. Yeah, you know what? It's yeah. very That's possible. The main they difference. Kept, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think so. Kept yeah. it because all these things came out after he, does. he didn't want to sign a new agreement with Texans. Yeah, yeah. yeah very interesting. Very I mean, interesting. it's kind of a strange uh, dynamic. But, uh, I think what I find strange is that this is all public mm -hmm, and publicly mm -hmm. discussed. Mm -hmm. And then... Yeah, and then we, we are okay with it mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. an association or as, as, as a people that we watch this game, mm -hmm. including me. Well, I mean, there's. Well, I think the attitude that most people have is, yeah, this is just football. I don't want politics in it. I don't want, you know, I'm just here to enjoy the game. I don't want to think about the outside consequences mm -hmm. of it or whatever. And I mean, that's, I can't blame people. It's the same thing with uh, football. Let's call them football and football. It's the same <laughs> thing with football because um, for, for the World Cup in Qatar, you know, how many people had to exactly. turn a blind eye to the, the slavery that was used to build, build um the stadiums, uh, stadiums and, and the, the whole LGBT uh, suppression that was going on. You know, people, like, yeah, they know that stuff, but they're okay with it because at the end of the day, they want to enjoy the game. And you can't blame them, you know. it's uh, That's yeah. true. But as, as comedians, I would like to ask you, actually, what do you think about at the end of the World Cup when Messi was kind of forced to wear a... Uh, Kind of a traditional clothing oh. by the by. Was the, he forced to I wear it? Exactly. I thought he chose yeah. to I wear it. No, no, he came. I mean, the how are you going to say no to the uh, yeah. one of the richest people on earth? Yeah, 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 say no for long. He came to kind of dress him up, yeah. mm -hmm. and it was a strange thing that that you know, isn't it enough? You know that you already have the World Cup. You know, I you hope already Lionel have the found the clarifying light of Islam. That's all I can say. Did they pay him yeah. for that? I don't know. That's the I thing. would guess I that they threw did some they, money yeah, at them. Did they this want to? Did so they want to do a photo op with Messi in traditional Qatari <laughs> Like, hey man, put this. I mean, up. when it's he's like, yeah, when he's building the World Cup, I mean, you see the whole Argentina team is waiting for him. Yeah. And he's kind of wearing this long black. Yeah. Kind of the same thing that the Sheik was wearing yeah, yeah. in a way. And then uh, kind of run with which is a very very strange view in a way. Yeah, I feel like they really wanted to get that photo up with. They were I just think like, so they too. were like they were waiting with the costume. You know, exactly. like you know, like when you go to yeah. Top Copy Palace and you get photos with those guys that are dressed as Ottoman guards. They wanted one of those with him and like Qatari <laughs> just for the scrapbook. That's right. So they were just That's waiting right. for him to win. They're like, hey, yeah, hey, really quick, get this on. Click, 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 you know. If <laughs> Scotland ever hosts the World Cup, how much would they have to exactly. pay to put on a kilt? Yeah, yeah, yeah traditional style. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no one really wore those kind of stuff when they were in. In other countries, which was, but especially it was Messi, I think. Yeah. I don't think they would do that. Who was the captain of France? Was it Hugo Lloris? I don't know. We, 
you're talking to a, I don't look at me. I, do I look like I know <laughs> shit about sports in, in this world cup? Yeah. yeah, in this world cup. I'm not sure. But I'm sure they were But really I think they were lost in translation uh, when they tried to do cultural appropriation. They they did racism uh, by mistake because when you wear that uh, traditional clothes yourself that's mm-hmm. cultural appropriation when you make them wear it that's racist yeah. <laughs> is it racist to dress I don't understand you are you Argentinian yeah <laughs> wear that yeah. so I can understand yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah no I, I think like yeah they were trying to claim Messi as like one of theirs really quick you know like that's, look how much exactly look right. how much Lionel Messi loves Qatar they're gonna be using that photo in every like promotional you know, like, yeah. come visit Qatar. We have uh, the the Indian slaves yeah. you want. Um, <laughs> anyway, this, this this podcast is brought to you by the... Um, we're, more, we're more of a Dubai. We're more of a Dubai industries. podcast. Yeah. We're not Qatari. We're like Dubai uh, Emirates, yeah. you know. That's us. Uh, we have 10 minutes left. I want to spice things up, Leon. Mm. We always interview people, yeah. and uh, maybe for the first time we can take questions. All right, I'll take questions. Do you want to interview which us? Are coming from our listeners, which are the people. <laughs> Do you want to ask questions by, to Leon? I say our listeners, I mean the three people in this room. <laughs> um, you can ask me but, uh, yeah, actual ask, physical ask listeners. Ask questions, yeah. Go I ahead. got a question. I'm an you. open book. I had a question. What is it? What? How many years have you been in Turkey? How many years have I been in Turkey? That's an excellent question. I came here in 2015 for the first mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. and I was working for a Turkish company, um, for a Turkish language school. My boss paid me in a blank envelope full of cash every month, sometimes. Sometimes he didn't. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, I stopped doing that, but I, I really liked Turkey, so I kept coming back. So 2015, I came here for the first time. 2016, I was traveling through the Balkans for most of the year. I lived mm-hmm. in all the ex-Yugoslav countries and stuff, because I make that kind of money. Um, <laughs> and uh, then I came back 2017, 2018. I was here, but my visa would expire. I would leave the country, come back, leave the country, come back. 2019, I think I was here for most of that 2020 uh i was here for most of that year and then 2020 no no so december 2020 i left the country and i came back in september of 2021 so i've been here for 2015 was the first time do you have plans on and off now do you have plans to stay here for a little while longer uh, that's an excellent question because i just i was i'm just doing the residence appointment <laughs> right now and right. it's like I would yeah. like to stay longer if they let me, if I get all my fucking documents in order. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, every time it's like a randomly generated like <laughs> number new, of new how many documents. documents I require and what they are. So yeah, I would like to stay here long term. I think I don't know. It, it's um, if I if I get a Turkish wife, I'll stay long term. If not, mm-hmm. I'll go to a poorer country. That's my motto. <laughs> um, yeah. And spend the money Turkish lira. Spend here. the Turkish lira here. in. I'm I'm guessing uh, Mosul. Or you know, <laughs> Kurdistan? No, um, Kirkuk. Kirkuk. Yeah, it's uh, there's uh, that occupied zone of northern Georgia. Um, sure, you'll just go from the green room to the green zone. Green zone, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Beyond the green zone. Mm. Do you have a que- did question? Did you have a question, from, a question for me? Question. Why do you wear that T-shirt? Why do I wear this T-shirt? Okay, yeah. so this is an so audio. Po- this is an audio podcast. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so audio only podcast. Exactly. <laughs> so like, it's written. Oh, one must like, imagine Sisyphus happy. Yeah, I love this uh, shirt. This is uh, it's an Albert. This is Albert Camus, the yes. philosopher. Who wrote, you know, why, you know, you, you shouldn't kill yourself. Um, yeah. And uh, I wear this. Sh- I don't know. I like the saying, and this is kind of like my comedy shirt. I have uh, three versions of this shirt, actually. Okay. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was a Christmas gift from my sister. Yeah. And then she got me one that was like a weird design. And then she got me another one that was too big. I'm actually wearing the one that's a size too big because it's like my, my laundry day shirt. And then I have another one that I wear on stage usually. Ah, not thought, always, but sometimes. Because I, yeah, I um. Thanks for explaining that. I thought you were always wearing the same wearing shirt. Wearing the same shirt. <laughs> I'm always wearing a black T-shirt because I'm very insecure about my body. That's why the podcast is audio only, and it's staying that way. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, well, but it's I, an interesting choice in a way that yeah, this is a character that does the same thing over and over again. Yeah, which is and, exactly like it is like. It's it's very much like if you're going to be stuck, because that's my kind of philosophy. Like if you're stuck doing the same things over and over again, you know, you have to find a way to try to be cheerful through it. So it's um 
I mean, I, I did get my my master's in literature, and I have studied a bunch of philosophy, so I'm I'm qualified to wear the shirt. Yeah, um, you know, so um, but yeah, it's a, I think it's a funny shirt to do stand up in. But that's an actually that's a really is, good concept because yeah. people most of the time just uh, spend their time pushing it up the hill yeah. and then having to push it up the yeah, hill. Yeah, that's and that's, that's what separates comedians yeah. from everybody else because we're all doing the same thing, but we're the ones yeah. that well, one must imagine Sisyphus. Yeah, happy. we're trying to make a joke out of it. We're yeah. trying to. We're trying to get goofy with it, get silly with it, you know. It's a sure it rolls down the hill and you laugh. Constant futility, torment, but you know you're getting silly with it, getting goofy with it. I think that I think the dating apps are exactly like this quote, you know, because it's it's exactly like okay, well that didn't work. Start over, start over, start over. That's that's life, you know. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I spent I spent uh, college reading literature and philosophy, and so now I'm qualified to do this. That's great. He was a. Connecting to football, Albert Camus was a great football player. He was a great football player, yeah, yeah. yeah. Football, not foot, not yeah, American football. Yeah, he would have, he would have yeah. loved American football, Camus. He would have, yeah. No, he was, uh, he was really, yeah, big into football. He was like, he was the Chad philosopher. He was, yeah, like, good looking, you know, getting pussy, playing football. Like the opposite of Sartre, who is just like looked like a fish, like one of those weird deep sea fish. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's easy to be happy if you're, you know, yeah, think, you know. Good look, like awesome, like Albert Camus was, yeah. So, yeah, that's the story of why I'm wearing the shirt. The shirt, by the way, says one must imagine Sisyphus happy. Again, for our audio only listeners yeah. who <laughs> cannot see the shirt that I'm wearing. Yeah. But uh, if you if you it's see nice my shirt. stand-up photo, I'm wearing uh, this shirt in a photo that I have for it's my a good shirt. Profile. Yeah, it's thank yeah. you, thank you. Yeah. I haven't been asking this question for a while. Can I ask yes. this weird question? Oh my god! <laughs> Fuck Mary Kill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, would you adopt your uh, child self? You adopt your child self. That's that's your standard one. My answer, as we've discussed, is yes. Yes. Of course, I would adopt. I know my... your answer. Yeah. Yes, Jan. What would you say? Would you adopt your child self? I would walk away as fast as I could. <laughs> but wow. not, who not wants run away. A, who has a child? Yeah. Who, who wants to have a child? Especially me. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Look how you yeah. turned out. So why would you adopt a child? Uh, my family out? loves me. I'm 3,000 miles away. It's, uh, yeah. Absence makes the heart grow yeah, fonder. Exactly. You're going to raise another man's child? Oh, my. <laughs> you? Oh my absolutely. <laughs> I'm Absolutely. raising myself as it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I would probably, if I did have me as a kid, I would probably want to talk more about the pharmaceuticals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, bro? Uh, I don't know. Maybe in the future. Not at the moment. Not at the moment. I wouldn't yeah. adopt. If I saw yeah. my child self-starving on the street, I wouldn't adopt. I'm not that, I'm not yeah. that altruistic. <laughs> I'm not ready yeah. for it yet. Would you adopt your child yeah. self? People understand. I mean, self is uh, unnecessary here. It's like they answer the question: Would you adopt a child? No, no, <laughs> that it, was the it answer. makes a big difference because that child is is me, right? But in a way, at a certain every child is kind of your child self, right? Because yeah. you were always yeah. so. Yeah, it's just would you adopt a child? And we've all unanimously said no. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't even create a child. I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm not going to get a second-hand child if I don't well, want to make one. Uh, Back to interviewing Leon actually nice. has All another. Right. Nice, nice. Yeah, What's he up? has another side that uh, he has this. Uh, yeah, you believe in Buddhism. Yeah, good. The one something. thing I wanted to talk about on the comedy podcast <laughs> is my actual deeply held beliefs. <laughs> okay. I thought you had none, so it's surprising yeah. to me. It's I, from what I, from everything I always say on the podcast, it would make you seem like I have no beliefs, but no, I, I do have beliefs. <laughs> Uh, the comedy part of myself and the Buddhist part of myself are not integrated at all. They're very separate. Yeah. The part of me that studies philosophy and literature and Buddhism is like uh, one guy. And the part of me that does this, it makes jokes about uh, Indian people and suicide, is another guy. <laughs> and I haven't found, like, they're not exactly integrated yet. So no, that's, You didn't uh, dissolve the barrier in between there's yet. No, and hopefully, you know, I don't know. I mean, for me, comedy comedy is a hobby. Like, it's a, it's a fun thing to do. It's a pastime, you know. But yeah. it's not the most important thing in my life. The most important thing in my life would be the, the studies I'm doing in Zen and Advaita Vedanta and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's hard to integrate because, I mean, you know, try, for example, to practice right speech, to, to be yeah. more compassionate with people, to be patient and, uh, you know, to be kind and all that. And then I try to do comedy, which encourages me to do exactly the opposite of that at all times. <laughs> comedy is like, how can I be mean to people in a way that's fun? Yeah. You know, like it's uh, – so it's tough. It's, it's tough. I actually appreciate your Instagram 
some stories because I learn a lot of things that yeah. I wouldn't learn. Makes me, on I'm the, I, you caught me. I'm the annoying white Buddhist. Who, <laughs> well, I mean, that's why I don't like to talk about it because it's like, ah, actually, I'm Buddhist. I'm very spiritual. I'm probably more spiritual. Than <laughs> I, I, I like. I like I'm, how you uh, go away to yeah. monastic solitude. I do that. I, I was. I was in. I was yeah. in uh, England to visit. Uh, not to visit, but to hear. Uh, a monk named Ajahn Brahm who was coming from Australia to give a series of talks. And you, I told you, I was like, yeah, I'm going to England for a week to see this monk and attend his talks and do meditation. You were like, can you bring me back some whiskey and some bacon, please? And I was like, okay, well, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all seek our own monastic solitude Yeah, we all seek our, we're all trying, every every sentient creature (laughs) seeks happiness and wants to avoid (laughs) suffering. So, you know, that's and that's kind of like comedy. I justify it to myself by saying, like, if I if I, if it works and if I make people happy, then it's kind of a good thing, even if I don't ultimately get anything out of it, you know. But, yeah, a lot of a lot of it this year has just been trying to get lower my expectations of it. I kept thinking for a long time that comedy was going to make me happy, that if I get on stage and I perform really well and I kill and everything's like, finally, I'm going to get that sense of like love and acceptance that I seek. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Uh, It absolutely doesn't happen. Those are two separate things. So I'm trying to lower my expectations for what I'm going to get out of comedy, which makes it, you know, seem incredibly pointless sometimes. But, you know, those times when it works well and those times when, you know, you connect with the audience and people are really happy and, you know, yeah. I think it was Arjun Shah who said, like, a person who is laughing is in no pain. So, um, you know, yeah. that's – it's it's fundamentally good, I think, what we do. And I think talking about dark subjects – the way I justify all the jokes about suicide and whatever and all the bad stuff is that I think you have to talk about that stuff. I think that's – yeah. When we go yeah. back into comedy theory, the funniest thing ever it's... again is talking about what's funny. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think that's, you know, I like it when people talk about that stuff. Those are the comedians that have always been really essential to me. You know, when when yeah. I encountered Doug Stanhope and Doug Stanhope yeah. had all those yeah. bits about suicide and all those bits about whatever, that that made me feel better, you know? And um, I'm not yeah, alone. Exactly, no, exactly. And I think I think like when we joke, you know, when I get on stage and we have jokes about like the, the Turkish political situation. Like last night, I did a joke yeah. that referenced Ekrem Imamoglu, the mayor of Istanbul, who's like going to prison. And it was a it was a tough night last night. Yeah, but people yeah. like that joke because it yeah. connected with them because it was about something real that actually happens. You know. Yeah, you so, were great last night, by I the mean, way. I yeah. was. It was. A, it was a really tough. Thanks night. to you, we yeah, said. I, uh, it wasn't the worst show we was, had. No, the Thanks worst show you. we had was when three people showed up. In the wrong <laughs> I was also hosting for that. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I, again, it's the Buddhist part of me and the the philosophy part of me and the comedy part of me are not really integrated. But I justify this by saying that you know, if if it helps people, if it makes people's lives a bit easier and a bit. Better. Yeah, yeah. People it, always think that everybody lives in this advertisement world. Uh, you are either happy or waiting to be happy when yeah. you buy the next product. But yeah. uh, it's not the real world. And people want to talk about these tough things. Yeah, they yeah. they think about it. They can't word it out. And yeah. as a comedian, sometimes you word it out better for them and start their healing process yeah, about this. Go- going back, I mean, and, and not everybody, and I understand that's there are different like ideas of what's funny and what's not funny. A lot of people might not like, you know, jokes about school shooters or or suicide or whatever but for me like yeah you know some some of it i can understand that it can be a lot for people and that you shouldn't always lead with stuff like that but some of it is really i think worthwhile you know and it might be political it might be economic it might be whatever uh it might be frustrations around dating it might be frustrations around being married whatever i think that's worthwhile you know i think about like rodney dangerfield right Rodney, well, all of Rodney's jokes are like, yeah, no, no respect. You know, everything in Rodney's life is going bad all the time. That's yeah. what made it funny. That's what makes <clears> it funny. <throat> self-deprecation can be annoying, but self-deprecation is, I think, always better, always better than self-aggrandizement. Like, uh, yeah. right? mm-hmm. I much prefer to hear somebody yeah. on stage talking about how they can't get laid and how everything's miserable. Yeah, yeah. hear somebody like, yeah, actually, you know, I'm really successful and great. You know, yes, things about some me. of the young comics uh, do this all the time. They are trying to be the smartest, funniest, and coolest guy in the room. Oh, my it's fucking ne- God. It's never going to work out. You can't be the funniest in the room if you try to act sure. the smartest well, or He's just yeah. trying to head us off at the pass. It's better to be self-deprecating than yeah. us deprecate him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do <laughs> so, I can do But no, I, I mean, this is another thing. Like, I mean, you know, when... Def- you, deprecating. 
beating yeah. himself for the uh, three people. <laughs> the three are our <laughs> listeners to the podcast who are actually plugged into the podcast right now. Who are listening. Well, you say that. I mean, yeah. I, you say that you have to be mean for comedy, but what you're talking about sounds very compassionate. I don't try. Point. I mean, I try. I don't actively try to roast people. But the thing is, like, when I do stand up, it it activates. Like again, the the Buddhist part of me is is trying to like. Let go of expectations. Let, let let go of my sense of self-aggrandizement. Let you know, tamper down my ego a bit and make room for others and other experiences. And the thing about comedy that's tricky is that it's all ego inflation. And it's yeah. all, you know, it's all about trying to get the the love and the reaction out of people. And it, I don't try to be, be mean on stage or roast people on stage, but it activates the part of my brain that does that. Does that make sense? It yeah. activates the part of me that's not Buddhist, the part of me that's like, oh, I could I could really, you know, I can say something really mean here. I can make fun of him. I could do this. I could say that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, it activates a lot of those things. Like, I understand yeah. why comics have issues with addiction and stuff because it, you know, A, you're performing in bars all the time. Uh, and B, like, it, it activates all that hungry ghost element of your nature where you're constantly seeking things. Yeah. yeah so we've, we've moved into the spirituality podcast. <laughs> we've, done, we've done, I think this is going to get the most listeners because we've done every fucking possible genre <laughs> of podcast. We've done the, the foreign relations. In one hour. episode. Yeah, we've done the comedy zone. We've done the NFL zone. And now we've done yeah. the, the spirituality meta hour. Yeah. It's all validation <laughs> in a way. It's, yeah. yeah everybody, everybody should listen to this. Yeah. We yeah. are slowly approaching the end. We need to get into MMA. Here. Yeah. Uh, any last words that you want to say to our eight audience members? No, no, no. We're getting, we're getting, we're getting to ten. This is the week, week we hit double. Twelve, digits. twelve, twelve. Damn, yeah, dude, twelve. Damn. I'm aiming for twenty, anyways. That's right. Nice. Uh, the Patreon is not up yet, but when it is, um, top any last tier? words, Jan? No, I'm great. I'm great. You're I'm great. So I'm thinking about football now. <laughs> yeah, about the playoffs. No, we're gonna continue yeah. talking about that. Yeah. It's uh, Christmas time. There is a football game. I would love if there was for the New Year's for us. We watch the Istanbul Derby. Oh, you know, yeah. you come together. There's yeah, football here. Exactly. There's college football. There's exactly. pro league here. There's prison football, prison apparently, fo- coming yeah, up. Those, those guys, there's lots of people in Turkish prison. They don't have a lot to do with their time. <laughs> sure. So you could, get a, get, you could get a league going, right? Yeah, of course. Wrong with free labor, am I right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, you got to look for the positives in every bad situation. And if we're going to yeah. imprison all those journalists, you know, like Camus, some of them might be good at playing football. Yeah. 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 Any last well, words, Murat? Um, well, uh, thank you for coming today. It was, it, I think it was, it was one of the one great of the good episodes. Ones. Yeah, one well, of the good all ones. The, all the episodes have been really great, actually. And you should <laughs> listen and download all of them and rate them all five yeah. stars on iTunes yeah. or your well, favorite I, platform. I got to say, Leon, when uh, they first asked me if I would be interested in doing this podcast, and I said, I think Leon would be better for it. Well, I am so glad because you're really good at this. Okay, you asked him first? No. What the fuck? <laughs> it wasn't him. It wasn't him. Okay. They yeah. asked me, but... But I said you would be the guy. Yeah. I'm so right. Well, I got, so yeah, now yeah. I, I, I sacrificed my Friday uh, afternoons to doing this. So yeah, thank okay. you. Well, well we, uh, we, we, all, we all thank you. Now, that's the Buddhist part of the, the sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what it is? I want to get reincarnated as something nice. Is, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> top, about, top tier. Yeah. How about a tall, good-looking man? Oh, that's the dream. That would be. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Thank well, you for being thank here. Thank you for being here. We love to occasionally interview people that have real jobs in the world, uh, even yeah, though we don't know that much That was refreshing, it. yes. It was like someone who's it, actually doing something. I'm sorry I did nothing but insult your entire <laughs> profession. It's my job, as I said. Well, um, uh, thank you all the listeners thank on you to the all other of our side. Listeners. Thank you to Mohammed bin Salman for sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> thank you to the makers of the Bayraktar drone. We hope to get in contact soon. Um, <laughs> Pfizer, don't forget to thank yeah. Pfizer. Whichever political yeah. party is in power when you're listening to this, that's the one we support, and uh, yeah. yeah, tune in for the next episode. Absolutely. Passport Comedy Podcast. Passport Comedy Podcast. You heard uh, it here, folks. Yeah. Goodbye, everyone. Ciao. Bye.